This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here we go. It's our three G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. And, man, Wolchuk has some more uh, juicy Micah Parsons content, several other things. It's time for the C-Note. Cowboys news of the evening. Here's Zachary. Yeah, we'll get to Micah's thoughts on uh, new defensive coordinator Mike Zimmer here in just a moment. But this is good news, I think, for the Cowboys and the rest of the National Football League. It appears that the salary cap is going to be bumping up quite a bit. The over-the-cap projected numbers were around $242 million to $243 million is what it should be. It was about $225 million last year. Now, a report from PFT just a little while ago said that this thing could be getting up to $250 million for this next season. So that would be uh, quite a nice jump, $25 million more in spending for every single team. You've got the Commanders, the Patriots, the Bears. They're expected to have some of the most cap space in the National Football League. But, hell, uh, the Cowboys sure will take this. This is a good thing. Yeah, I wonder what uh, I wonder what they will do with it. That's a great question. I don't know if they will do anything with it. Substantial. Maybe just pay them their own guys like they yeah. usually do. For sure. Hey, here you go, CD. This is for you. Dak, this is for you. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, guys. I am too. I'm hoping the all-in is real. It's coming for you in 2025. There's no way you can avoid it. The best thing to do now is to 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 make the most of 2024 before salary cap hill comes for you. It's it's only like a year of hell, and then you'll be out of it. Um, so maybe Jerry will look at it like, oh, well, you know, we'll see what Dak's made of in that year, and maybe he can drag a bad team into the playoffs for us like Baker Mayfield just did for Tampa. Um, and shoot, the more I think of it, the maybe that's the most likely thing. But I'm going to hold out hope till we get there, Woolchuck, and we're not too far away, just a couple of weeks now away from the start of NFL free agency. And I believe the negotiating period starts March 11th. Yes, so you start, uh, the franchise tagging will, will start to happen here pretty quickly as well. You'll see more teams decide, do you want to do that, do you not? And then uh, before you know it, free agency is going to be here, and then we'll be all speed towards the draft. Now, Micah on Stephen A. Show, we'll get to the Zimmer thoughts here in just a moment, but he did say that he's been talking with Jerry Jones. Apparently, he caught up with Jerry in Vegas at the Super Bowl. He said, Jerry sees me walking out of the win. Jerry was at the win. He says, hey, you going to the Super Bowl? I said, yeah, I'm going. He said, come see us. And I was like, all right, you got any extra tickets? I got a couple of friends that want to come. Jerry sends him four extra tickets to the Super Bowl suite. And we just sit and talk before the game until the whole half about players I want to be in, players I want to be around, who do I need, who do I want to be with, the future of our team. And that's just dope to have that type of feedback with an owner that loves to hear your ideas and what you think and where the team can be. So Micah apparently was chatting it up with Jerry about uh, some of the, the additions that he'd like to see this offseason with the Cowboys. We'll see if any of those happen. Now, some fans out there are probably like, well, we know you wanted Mozzie Smith. And did Mozzie Smith end up working out rookie year? No, not necessarily. But this is kind of cool. Uh, maybe Mike is in the area, Jerry, telling him, hey, we need to do this, we need to do that. Maybe they will be more aggressive. We can only hope. 
Well, I'm glad that Mike is sharing his opinion. I think he's got a good opinion on this. You know, um, I think it, uh, frankly, it needs, we, we need to get a little bit more Philly mindset in the Cowboys defense. And I think Micah Parsons is just the guy to, to deliver that message. And however Jerry needs to hear that, the better. Um, you know, because he's going to be the guy that's still making a lot of decisions and, and calls on on the overall direction. And, you know, I want I want Micah Parsons and, and Mike Zimmer and anybody else that's speaking that kind of language to, to be bending Jerry's ear. What we know from his tenure is he is a guy that listens a lot. Yeah, and he does call him Jay the whole time. Like, Jerry is Jay to him, which is great. That is pretty funny. <laughs> That's I, awesome. I mean, I do I do love the idea that Micah can ju- can get the Super Bowl invite from Jerry Jones and, and get his friends in and immediately hit him with <laughs> not only a plus one, but a plus like three or four. Yeah, here's four extra tickets to my Good looking suite. out, man. That's the kind of friend you want. That's when you pretty get a, awesome. When you get a friend like Micah, he turns to you and he's like, sorry, I'm going to go hang out with Jerry for the Super Bowl. You guys can do what you want here in Vegas. He's like, no, I'm bringing my guys in there with me. I bet his friends tore it up in there, dude. I mean, just just uh, probably all sorts of delicious, free, just let's just crush. Let's do that. Now, uh, apparently, Mike is not the only one that is now being an advisor for one Jerry Jones. Jimmy Johnson, this is going to be music to a lot of fans' ears. He was on with uh, Joe Rose in Miami, and he said, quote, since the Ring of Honor, I am on Jerry Jones's advisory board now. We were talking on the phone for about an hour after the Green Bay loss. And he was talking about what all he needed to do because he had big decisions on Mike and Dan Quinn and Dak. Everything is hunky-dory now. I'm back in the fold with the Cowboys. How about this for Jimmy? <laughs> um, I, I bet M- McCarthy loves that. Yeah, I don't know if J- – do you think Jimmy's still a coaching candidate? No, no I, I don't. don't think so. I don't think he wants to. I think he just doesn't have that same. He doesn't believe that he can maintain that same fire but and that's, for a full season. That's the Jimmy expertise is is coaching, and so he's you know uh, if you're Mike McCarthy, you're thinking okay, anything Jimmy's talking about here, how does this reflect on me, the coach? I yeah. don't know. I just think McCarthy gets bugged by all this, the all the cowboy things that happen when you're the head coach of the Cowboys. Yeah, no doubt him talking more about the Cowboys and, you know, it's just another voice that I think fans are going to listen to that's going to maybe put more pressure on Mike McCarthy going in. I definitely see that point. But I like I like um, uh, Jimmy being back with the Cowboys. I think fans want to see it. It's good for the overall vibe and, and the nostalgia of it. Um, and hopefully he can talk some sense into Jerry if they are legitimately talking again. I do believe it's for show. Um and, you know, the, the, things are about the same. But this is, I think, Jimmy and Jerry trying to end it, providing a new image and a new lasting memory of what their relationship yeah. is. Yeah. It's all hunky-dory now, just like Jimmy said. Now, in regards to hiring Mike Zimmer, uh, Michael was on with Stephen A. We'll get to more of that audio at 520 as well. But here's one of the cuts talking about Zim and uh, some former Viking players, one, a former Cowboy teammate that have already reached out to Micah about their thoughts on Zimmer as a defensive coordinator. New defensive coordinator. Quite as going, Zimmer is in. Your thoughts? Uh, I'm excited. A- A- Anthony Barr reached out to me, told me how good he is. Uh, Daniel Hunter talked to me how good he is. Um, man, I'm just excited for a fresh start, really. Um, you know, and not that I don't miss Dan or won't miss him, because I love Dan. You know, I love Dan. He's like uncle, father, her friend, however you want to look at it, dope dude. Wish them all the success in Washington, except for against Dallas Cowboys. Right. I like I like I, I um, went a lot the job that he did up until the Green Bay game. Yeah. Um, but man, I'm just man. To me, 
I just want to pull that aside. I just want to play winning football. I want to, I want everybody to be accountable. I want everybody locked in. I want, you know, and what I hear is Zimmer's one of them guys is going to have everybody accountable. I looked at all his press, I mean, his press conference quotes. I just want a fresh start, man. I just want to change the culture, the identity of the Dallas Cowboys and win the championship. A lot of talk about changing that culture for Micah during this entire interview. Yeah, he is on the career arc of, you know, Cowboy greats. You start, you're excited, you're looking forward to getting it done. You're talking about it happening. That was Micah last year. Now after year three, you got another year under your belt of disappointment. You're like, all right, guys, we got to change the way it is. We don't want to be standing around here in five years talking about we're going to do it next time. And the next time, you know, we'll hear from him about this. It's going to be a couple more years down the road. He's like, I'm not, I'm not that young anymore. We mm-hmm. better get it, you know, before it's too late. And then, you know, maybe he'll go to another team where they can win a Super Bowl at the end of his career like D-Ware. That's the Cowboys, uh, you know, superstar career arc. Gosh, it'd be heartbreaking. But he is pumped about Mike Zimmer. Uh, and, and the accountability stuff, I mean, that seems to be in, in a reoccurring theme as well. Not just with Micah, but from everybody that we've heard from inside that building. And, and maybe that was something Dan Quinn was lacking. And hopefully Mike Zimmer can bring that over. Exactly. Now we've got some trade suggestions and some free agents that uh, might be, you know, cost-effective signings for the Cowboys. Cost-effective, I think, is music to Stephen Jones here. Yeah, he just perked up whatever island okay, he's what, on right now. What do we got? What Get we about got seven here? or eight guys for $12 million. Cost-effective? All right, now you're speaking my language. All right, here's a linebacker for you that could be uh, cost-effective. Linebacker Jordan Hicks. He's coming off one of his better seasons in his career with the Vikings. Graded out as the 22nd best overall linebacker, according to PFF. Take that with a grain of salt. But his run defense grade, pass rush grade, coverage grade, all pretty consistent. He's 31 years old, 6'1", 238 pounds. He's one of the better free agents available at the position. Signed a one-year, $3.5 million deal last year. So he'd be cheap. I think he'd want a little bit more. Maybe it's one for five this year. Well, I don't know if we can do that. One there for five might be too we, much for you. He'd love to have you. But, but Jordan Hicks is a guy that uh, I, I think he's been a little underrated throughout his career. He's playing good football right now. Smart player. And you, you need that. Somebody that can come in and help go ahead and uh, educate everybody on Mike Zimmer's system. Now, of course, he wasn't with Zim last year in Minnesota. He wasn't there. But... Jordan Hicks could be an interesting name to look at. Absolutely could. You know, you're going to need at least one veteran linebacker, Wolchuk. At least one. Yeah. Free agency is definitely the place to go handle your your linebacker needs. I agree. There's uh, a lot of good ones. And it's not to say that you avoid it entirely in the draft, uh, but there are plenty of solid veteran linebackers that can come in and be the best linebacker you have on your team right now, and you don't have to break the bank for them. And I think the same goes for defensive tackle. If you want a big run-stuffing defensive tackle, you can definitely get one of those in this free agent class as well. DJ Reader, certainly uh, a name that's out there that would intrigue me. But Jordan Hicks did play with the Vikings as well, so he knows the NFC East a little bit. Uh, Eric Hendricks is another name that was with Mike Zimmer. Now, he's a little bit, he's aging. He's a little bit older. But if you want to trade for him, maybe that's an option for you. If you want to trade a, a low-round pick, maybe Minnesota wants to go ahead and, and upgrade or move on, get younger at the position. A couple other names. Offensive lineman Isaiah Wynn. If you're looking for a backup swing tackle to upgrade over Chumea Doga. Uh, when his career has been marred by injuries. He was a first-round pick out of Georgia with the Patriots. Pretty excited about him coming out of the draft. 
He's got position flexibility, though. I don't know that he's a starter because you haven't been able to rely on him to stay healthy. But if you're looking for a good backup lineman, which this team desperately does need, Isaiah Wynn could be a candidate on a low-budget deal to go ahead and upgrade that spot over Adoga. And then the other position would be running back. And here's another guy that uh, the Cowboys would like because he's come off multiple knee injuries and a torn Achilles. Oh, geez. That's J.K. Dobbins. Come on. Now, anytime J.K. Dobbins has come back, he's played well, but he's a guy. Just, <laughs> he, that, that he's leg, got a couple that, good games in that a leg, year. Yeah, like six games, and then boom, here's another Achilles. But he's averaged 5.8 yards per carry in his career, uh, and he's shown flashes of being you know, potentially what he was drafted to be there out of Ohio State. Good player, veteran back, but you just got to keep him healthy. I don't know. Maybe he gets like a two-year, $4 million deal. You're paying him $2 million a year, uh, so he's not going to be very expensive. But, I mean, though, that just kind of seems like it's in the Cowboys' wheelhouse a little bit. Yeah, he's he's just injured enough, and he's off an injury for them to feel like, oh, we'll get him on a discount, and then it'll pay off yeah. for us. He's just been unlucky. Yeah. You know, these unlucky teams that had him up to this point. We're going to get him. He's going to be healthy. Ooh. Same goes for our Super Bowl aspirations. Give me 5.8 yards per carry? For the last 30 years, just been unlucky. That's what we want. All right, trade. I think, by the way, Devin Singletary is, I, I think, the, the veteran free agent running back you can get on the cheap that I most want. 26 years old, so he's not like, holy smokes, old. And I don't think there's a ton of mileage on his body. And he's been productive. I think he he could be the guy you pair him with a Trey Benson or whoever, you know, relatively early in the upcoming NFL draft. And now I think you're cooking with gas and you're doing it for super cheap. He's just got uh, ball security issues is the only knock with Devin Singletary. Hey, man, secure that ball. But secure that ball. I'm with you. I, I, know I wouldn't mind that addition. Joe Mixon, of course, is a guy that could be a cap casualty in uh, Cincinnati if you want to try and work a trade there. Uh, he's a guy that I think wants money. I don't think the Cowboys are going to be doing that. Wide receiver, Hunter Renfro of the Raiders. Michael Thomas of the Saints. We saw Michael Thomas was kind of throwing his quarterback under the bus. Yeah, uh, we don't want to be spending money at wide receiver. I feel like we got to get tougher in the trenches and at linebacker. All right, we got a center here. How about Garrett Bradbury? Nice. Minnesota Vikings trading for Bradbury's an aggressive move. There's other names out there. He's expected to remain the starting center for the Vikings next season. However, their current general manager... Uh, and Brad Bradbury won one of his draft choices. So he's a former first-rounder. He started 71 games in his career. Him and Zimmer have a history dating back to when Zim was head coach for Minnesota, so they could get some information on him. And he brings an appealing contract should the Cowboys make this deal. Carries a base salary of just $4.65 million next year. Yeah. Goes up to $4.9 million in 2025. He'd be a good replacement or a stopgap center for uh, Tyler Biotish, who's probably going to leave in free agency. So trading for Garrett Bradbury is an interesting one. I mean, you've also got Lloyd Cushenberry, who's been the starting center LSU Tiger for the Denver Broncos. All the all the Barry options are there. But Bradbury intrigues me a little bit. He's a good player. Yeah, I, I if, if it wasn't for, and you know this better than anybody, Wolchuk, this draft being so center-heavy, especially like in that first round, yeah. you should be able to get a, a legitimate starting center that could be a, a true... Pro Bowl level stud right there in you the hope. first round. You hope. I mean, you do have a veteran here that's proven, and uh, there's no risk involved of a potential swing and miss. And I just, right now, Jackson Powers Johnson, his stock is raising so high. I don't know that he's going to be there at 24. But yeah, you can definitely address center of the draft if you want to do that. I don't have an issue with doing it. I mean, I trust my scouts. This, uh, you know, this front office and this scouting department have a great history of offensive linemen in the first round. Graham Barton. If uh, they say you're, like. if they say you're good at this point, after what just happened with Tyler Smith, we trust them. Okay, absolutely. He's, he's good. Good pick, guys. Way Amen. to go. You absolutely do trust him. 
Uh, and then, you know, some other all-in moves. We, we've talked about the, the running back position. I don't think that any of these that I really want to do with a Saquon Barkley. People text all the time about it. Like, would you go for Barkley? Like $10 million a year? No. I, I just don't think that that's something that you want to do. But there's some names and some heck options no. for the Cowboys. I'll give that a double heck no. Yeah, absolutely no, not. Boy. Okay, thank you, Wolchuk. My pleasure. All righty, we're rocking and rolling here. Again, Broadus is out. He'll be gone all week long. Go ahead and send him some love on social media. I'm sure he would appreciate it. I believe he's he's out on the left coast. He's in California. You know, and, and enjoying some of that uh, California sunshine. Yeah, he said his only goal was to do a little skinny dipping in the Pacific. He said he hadn't done that in about 40 or 50 years, and he wanted to get back to it. Wow, what a Good freaking legend. Uh, you know, you, you get out there on the road with Broadus. He's a freaking wild man. What a what a dude. Okay, uh, when we return, though, it's time for the top 10. Wolchuk, where are you taking us? Let's celebrate President's Day. I got a couple of lists for you. Every U.S. president's favorite food and the top 10 best actors who played presidents on film. That's next on The Fam. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, buddy. Welcome back. It is the G-Bag Nation on 105.3. The fan segment here brought to you by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel, go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If you or a loved one's been in an accident, contact the Frankels, 214-817-333-3333. Jump online to truckwreck.com. Here he is, the Wooly Bully, Zach with an H, with your top 10. Thank you very much. Uh, we've got the top 10 U.S. presidents' favorite foods, uh, which one are some of their favorites, and then also actors who played real presidents in movies. I did just see this. Um, shout out to Cody. Who sent this over to me on President's Day? We had a site come up with their quarterback Mount Rushmore. They're going with Joe Montana, Tommy Ooh. Brady, Peyton Manning, and Patrick Mahomes. That is their quarterback Mount Rushmore. You guys agree with that, or would you subtract and add somebody else? I mean, uh, on the surface here, that seems pretty pretty fair. I don't think anybody could really be up in arms about that. You know, of course, I uh, I go Joe and Tom. Like everybody else, and I also go Patrick Mahomes. I, I'm pretty sure that's fairly uh, common these yep. days. Those three, I'm with you. But I don't know how everybody's overlooking the great Troy Aikman here, uh, Wolchuk. Troy, uh, if you want to sub 
Peyton Manning and put Troy on there. I mean, just for the jawline. Okay. Yeah. Let's increase the aesthetics of here of our quarterback, Mount Rushmore. I think John Elway should be in the conversation. It does become more aesthetically pleasing. I mean, if you, if you could find a way to get his six-pack on there, and I'm not talking about his playing day six-pack. I'm talking about right here today. Well, and he looks damn presidential. That's what, yeah, yeah, no question. He really does. So, uh, you know, it's an interesting, well, who would be your Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks? 877-881-1053682 says Peyton over Marino. Yeah, I would go Peyton over Marino, but a lot of people do love themselves some Dan Marino. Yeah, I mean, when you're doing that, I don't think you can really, you can't lose your mind about it. If you want to do Marino and I want to do Manning, both of us are uh, are in a pretty good place here. I think the I think the only two for me personally, and I know I'm speaking a little bit out of turn as I didn't get to live through the Joe Montana years, but like the only guaranteed two for me, no-brainer sure fires, are Brady and Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. After that, I think you can you can have conversations. If you want to sub out Montana for somebody, you know, here's an LA or whatever, okay. But I think you got to have guaranteed Brady and Mahomes in there. Montana 4-0 in the Super Bowl. 4-0 in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, no that's, interceptions thrown. Yeah, that's why he absolutely belongs. Yeah. He does belong, but he's not as surefire as Brady and Mahomes. I can't fight you too hard on that. I, I would take Mahomes over Montana. You know, I would too, but I, I think Montana's pretty sure fire he's going to be on there. Okay, so he's, he's going to be on most people's. Yeah, three yeah. sure fires. Yeah, and then the fourth one I think is is up for debate. Some people are going to have Peyton. Some people have LA. Maybe Troy. Maybe Roger. Uh, maybe some people want to put Terry Bradshaw on there for four Super Bowls. Right, settle down over there. I, just, I saw an article today. People are like, "Yeah, we need to stop underrating how good Terry Bradshaw was." So I was like, "I don't know. I can't oh. really speak to that." But I didn't see it on TV. But the stats, yeesh, not good. I think I think Broadus was. Saying something about just like the the be, the the chunk plays I mean, though. That one Super Bowl, they won thirty five thirty one over the Cowboys. You watch the highlights of that. He's airing just, it out. Just air, yeah. So I might need to put a little bit more respect on Bradshaw's name than I have over the years. Uh, but him being on the Mount Rushmore seems a little crazy. And it's tough that uh, yeah, you're right. Two one four. I don't know if if there's enough to really carve out the full forehead of one Peyton Manning. I mean, that's gonna take up a lot. <laughs> Of room yeah, there on that, the, that rush yeah, yeah. The uh, with, with Marino, sorry to cut you off. No, there, you're Chief. good. With Marino, I, I I discredit that a little bit because he played in an era where the AFC just didn't win the Super Bowl, and it was clear when they got to the Super Bowl, the NFC teams were better for like two straight decades, and he couldn't get there after what his second year in the NFL. Yeah, he, he, had, yeah. he had one trip against a, a a fairly beatable AFC. There was no Brady. That's true. I mean, look at poor oh, Jim Kelly. Got his butt kicked four straight times there. Yeah, he couldn't even get past that. No. Uh, Okay, let's look at some of the U.S. presidents and their favorite foods. Some of these are also just kind of bizarre when you look at, uh, you know, the olden days, if you will. Yeah, what was the the culinary dominance of the 1800s? Like, how about James Buchanan? His favorite food was fresh Philadelphia butter. Okay. I I like that, dude. I mean, that Made on a roll, like f- some pancakes. Can't go wrong with butter, the bread right, and butter. The right pat of butter really set it off. One one hundred percent, dude. He was he was onto something. Grover Cleveland, corned beef and cabbage. Okay, that was uh, you know his birthplace was in New Jersey. This was eighteen thirty seven to nineteen oh eight. That's a really interesting favorite thing. You know? Very random. Yeah. What about Ronald Reagan? What do you think his favorite food was? What how what what year was he? Cheeseburgers. 1911 to 2004. I bet it's some some type of uh It's obscure. Some type of bean. It's a jelly bean. 
What? Oh, wow. Jelly beans yeah. are Ronald Reagan's favorite food. I, think I was, was fairly common trivia in the 80s. That was got it. not the bean I was thinking of. Thinking more of a, maybe a, you know, not like the a bean a, Nancy a, was thinking of. A, bar, a bar, barbecue bean or something, you know? <laughs> Baked beans. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard Abe Lincoln enjoyed some edible cannabis. In the oh, evening hours. did Abe hash brownies yeah. for for old Abe? We yeah, it was the way it was most here. popularly consumed in that in that time in America. I heard he hid them in his top hat the whole time. <laughs> he did. Anytime he took he off just... the top hat and he was giving you a tip of the cap, he was really just going to get his edible arrangements. Wow, delicious. He was ahead of his time. Now this says Abraham Lincoln's favorite food was the uh, chicken fricassee. What's which that? Is chicken fricassee. simmered in sauce. Yeah. Simmered in sauce. Okay, she's a chicken guy. Apparently, That's... Mary uh, made it a lot for Mary Todd Lincoln, his wife. It was his absolute favorite dish. I didn't. Maybe that was the only thing Mary could cook. And he You're was like, a dish, Mary. Keep making that for me, please. I'm not familiar with Mary Todd's work. Uh, I feel like President probably could have shot a little higher there. Oh, do you? Have you guys ever seen Mary? Must Todd? have been real love. No. First lady. The liberal use of lady, sir. <laughs> yeah, that's a mustache. You see that too? Oh no! Maybe we just weren't shaving back then. Yeah, I, peach fuzz was actually like a sign of sexiness back then. Man, William McKinley, his favorite food was the McKinley omelet. He made this for himself. Ooh, what did it consist of? It was like a casserole-like version of the classic morning dish. So he's taking an omelet and making yes. it into a breakfast casserole. I, yes. I, I love those, dude. My mom has started doing that for us on vacation. Now Abby's doing it at home, but it's got like uh, tater tots inside of it. Yes, it's oh, got the hash browns. Yeah. Here's some sausage. Yeah. Obviously, you got the eggs in it's there. Like it's the just pancake pot pie at Ellen's. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just all the good breakfast things. That's some good stuff. Crammed into a little casserole. George Washington loved his hoe cakes and honey. That was his favorite food. How would okay. you how would you describe a hoe cake? I think like a pancake. All right. I don't know. What do you think? Lucius, do you know what a hoe cake is? Yeah, yeah, it's like a pancake. Okay. Uh they were really popular during the the gold rush. Okay. You know, people would make money selling hoe sense. cakes Wait. out there to the gold of people trying to find gold. So do you guys feel like right now on the work computer I could Google hoe cakes? Yeah. And yeah. Everything's I think you'd cool. be fine. I think it's yeah, kosher. Good. All right. John Adams loved his New England cheese. I think it was for the uh, the like the garden hoe. It was about that size and flat. That makes sense. So it's a hoe cake right there. Franklin Pierce loved uh, fried apple pies. I mean, that's a hell of a food. Oh my gosh, yes. Shout out to Barack Obama. Cheeseburgers was his favorite love. Okay, mm. go, let's go. Okay, okay, that's awesome. Go back to the the other guy real quick. The the fried Franklin apple Pierce. pie guy. Yeah. yeah. What 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 was what was his years of dominance? Eighteen oh four to eighteen sixty nine. Were yeah. we doing scoops of vanilla ice cream with our apple pie at that question. point? I don't know. Or does he not even understand how much better like the leveling up of the fried apple pie and how much better it got over the years when it was accompanied by a cold frozen scoop Damn. of delicious vanilla ice cream. That's a great question. I hope he got to experience that at least once. Good old Teddy Roosevelt loved his fried chicken and gravy. That's a hell of a meal right there. Yes, please. William Taft might be your favorite president, Eric. 12 Willie ounce T? steaks. Yes, 12 ounce dude. steaks was the Willie Taft special. I mean, give me a 16 or an 18, but I'm hanging with you. John Quincy Adams, just very traditional. Fresh fruit was his go-to vice. Okay. And shout out to Thomas Jefferson, man. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese was Thomas Jefferson's favorite food. <laughs> that's, now, that's a guy after your heart. I know. You love a good mac and cheese. But number one, uh, Harry Truman, his mom's fried chicken, specifically 
his mother's fried chicken. He also had an affinity in meatloaf for meatloaf, which he acquired later in life. Oh man, but he never got to try Broadus's meatloaf. That's no. next level. That might Broadus's have been his favorite. Is fantastic. The glaze he puts on that thing is just insane. And his secret that I'm not going to reveal because I think he's like you know the chefs how they are about their recipes. Us. Did he go all in with what he, he did, did with the additional meat that he threw in? It wasn't just a beef meatloaf. Yeah, I think he did say it, but just to be safe, we're not going to Don't go mention ahead and don't mention the breakfast sausage you put in there. All right, top 10 uh, actors who played real presidents. Now, Lucius, I know you are big into the historical films, which I admire because I am as well. Do you have a a performance that stands out? That dude that played Bush. Remember George oh, Bush W? Yes, W. Yeah. yeah, he killed that one, bro. Was that Who was that? Did Sam Rockwell? I don't know. It, it seemed like yeah. A, oh no, he was in, he played George W. Bush in Vice. Sam Rockwell did. Oh, uh, James Cromwell. Cromwell. That's who it was. I would have never got that. James Cromwell. I wouldn't either because I don't know anything else that I've seen him. But James Cromwell played George H. W. Bush in the 2008 film W. Also, apparently played some fictional presidents in The West Wing and The Sum of All Fears. And we got a lot of big West Wing fans in the audience. Top ten: John Voight played Franklin D. Roosevelt in Pearl Harbor. Also. Played George Washington in An American Carol in 2008. Shout out to John Foyt. He's doubling up on U.S. presidents. On DFW President's guy, actually. I Foyt? saw. I saw him. There used to be an Albertsons down there. Yeah, I saw him the, my first couple of weeks living here. Let's go. I remember him from Anaconda. Yeah. God, that movie's... Oof. That was a one-time watch for me. Really? Yeah. I hate snakes, dude. It was like the uh, the Adam Sandler movie where he's a gambler. Yeah. Just, just one oh, and done for me. Gems? Yeah. No doubt. Josh Brolin, number nine, played George W. Bush in Oliver Stone's 2008 film W. Uh, what no, about, does it have to be real presidents? Or yeah, could it be this, fictional? This specifically is uh, actors that played real presidents. Because I'd be all in on Independence Day's yeah. Bill Pullman president, that speech, Whitmore, I believe. That speech is epic. Iconic leadership. Alan Rickman played Ronald Reagan in the 2013 film The Butler, which is a great movie. Brian Cranston. Uh, won a Screen Actors Guild Award for his portrayal of Lyndon B. Johnson in the 2016 HBO film All the Way. Shout out to Brian. We had some interesting Lyndon B. Johnson education in the crosstalk from the KNC Masterpiece we today. Did. I had no B. idea Johnson. his middle name, that B stood for big. Huge. I believe his nickname was Jumbo. Yeah. Number six, Jared Harris. <laughs> Wait, so Jumbo Elliott stole that from him? I, I think so. I thought Jumbo Elliott was a one of one. Apparently Gosh, there's more Jumbos. Fool me once. Jared Harris played Ulysses S. Grant in the film Lincoln in 2012. Of course, we got Robin Williams, who portrayed Theodore Roosevelt in the Night at the Museum films. Oh, good morning, Vietnam. Good, good pull, good man. Good morning, Vietnam. Paul Giamatti, 2008 miniseries. He played John Adams. He also played Theodore Roosevelt in the 2014 documentary, The Roosevelts. Gary Sinise, the 1990 film Truman. He received an Emmy nomination for that performance. Number two, Anthony Hopkins portrayed John Quincy Adams. I think we just got a text about the the Adams family there that we have some. uh, Oh, uh, yeah. John Adams and his son, John Quincy Adams, are my relatives from the 325. So shout out to you, Anthony Hopkins. Runs in the family. Got to portray a relative of yours. yours. And then Daniel Day-Lewis, number one, for his portrayal of Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln in the film Lincoln, which uh, I did fall asleep in when I went and saw it in theaters. Was that an indictment along on the film? Bad film? It just, you know, I think it's, it's very okay. slow. 
Yeah. It's a great performance, very historically accurate. I'm sure some people love it. For me, it was a very slow burn that was difficult to sit through. We needed some more uh, Hollywood taking creative license on the plot yeah. and the storylines a couple of times. Absolutely. Josh Brolin played W. Okay, that's being texted quite a bit. I think he was honorable mention. Josh Brolin was honorable mention yeah. on the top ten. I, I bet Walchuk and, and Dawson aren't falling asleep in this Abraham Lincoln movie if they're taking some liberties with the hash brownies and the hat. You know, yes. all of a sudden now there's some level of entertainment here. Yes, and I was definitely more into the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter movie that came out starring Benjamin Walker. Ooh, that sounds... That was a hell of a film. That just sounds too realistic for me, Walchuk. Hey, who knows? He might have been a vampire hunter. There's your top Well, 10. thank you, Walchuk. Speaking of uh, former presidents, I fired a shot at trying to get Dez on the show earlier. I want to fire a shot at W. We need to talk some sports. You know, Let's I can't believe I've been doing this show for damn near 15 years. We're five miles away from Highland Park. Had never had him on the show. Never met him. You guys, you and you and Brian at the at the World Series are right behind him. He I missed out me. on that day somehow. He, he winked at you? He winked at me. See, when he was walking up from his little dugout oh, area so that he gets to arrive. No, I was staring dead at him. He was Let's winking go. at Brian. And he knew there was, the, I was looking at him with respectful eyeballs, and he hit me with the wink. And I do actually need to formally apologize to him yeah. uh, for spilling on his secret service. In honor of the Rangers being World Series champions, Mr. <laughs> President, I'd like to invite you on the show on Friday. We'd love Let's to have you on, happen. sir. I bet he's a Tolo. Uh, I bet he is. And you know, I know he's a big Ranger fan, and we'd love to get his thoughts, his updated thoughts. Obviously, a baseball family. His dad was a legend at Yale, you know, like captain of the team, college World Series champs, huge baseball family, uh, very talented. And we're coming back with uh, a trip around the rim. Let's get the latest on what has suddenly become a very exciting basketball second half of the season with the Mavs. Uh, catching fire, six-game winning streak. Chief, what do you have for us? Oh, uh, what uh, what was your big takeaway from All-Star Weekend? 877-881-1053. We have a coach fired on his day off. And how has this guy just met that guy next year in the nation? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All righty. Thank you, Lucius. If you missed some Micah Parsons audio, we'll re-hit that for you coming up at 520 in the Expressway. LA Live is now less than an hour away. It's time now uh, for some basketball stuff, and here's Eric Chiafon with that rim set. Yes, sir. Let's go ahead and cut the lights out. We'll put the kids to bed. The G-Bag Nation's going all 56 inches around that rim. It's always a special occasion when we are less than 24 hours removed from the first ever meet and greet between two Boston Celtic legends, Larry Bird and Jason Tatum, met last night for the very first time. What? I thought you were going to say Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. I am blown away, dude. I think I, I was reading up on Larry Bird sort of being distant to the Celtics organization. I don't know what type of issue he has with them, but he hasn't like attended a game in quite a few years, That's things like that. But I just find it to be crazy with how much success Jason Tatum and the Celtics have had over the last few years. Last night being the first time Larry Bird and Jason Tatum ever met. And they took a picture and everything. It was a it was a seminal moment. It's pretty hilarious. Not hilarious, though, is Coach being fired on his day off. All-star break. He's probably somewhere, you know, around some sand and some water. If he wasn't when he got the news, he definitely is now because he's got nothing on the schedule. Everything just opened up for him. 
So that's a victory. Jock Vaughn, see you later, sir, in Brooklyn with the Nets. Uh, he's out. Uh, looks like uh, Kevin Ollie is going to be the likely okay. replacement there. Who uh, who we know from college basketball ranks, right? But he's he's on that staff, and so he's going to get the the call up. He was a pretty good player back in the day uh, for the Pacers, like the Dale Davis, Antonio Davis, Reggie Miller Pacers. Nice. He was head yeah. coach when UConn won the national championship here at AT&T Stadium. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to who was that? Shabazz Napier. Yeah, Shabazz Napier. Yeah. Well, we had the All Star Weekend. Plenty of talking points from it. Everybody's railing against the All Star Weekend. I think we have the perfect description, uh, the perfect sound here that really just represents and understands what the mentality is when it comes to the All-Star. Here is some sound, uh, Anthony Edwards, and uh, this is one of the best personalities in all of basketball. He was doing bits all weekend. This is him on the front end of it, like Friday night or Saturday, talking about his plans. Listen to him just completely trolling the the All-Star. What is your goal in the All-Star game? Like, what are you trying to do? I'm going to shoot our left hand the whole game. I seen you doing that in Portland yeah. right now. I'm going to shoot left hand the entire game. That's going to mess up your field goal percentage, though. It's an All-Star game. Ain't no field goal percentage. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no field goal percentage. Nothing matters here. This is the All-Star game. We're doing bits. Nobody cares. I'll go left-handed. At times, I might. I was thinking about blindfolding myself uh, for the second half of the game. <laughs> Uh, and then next year I'm actually going to uh, play in handcuffs and just going to see how that works. This is the All-Star game. Ha-ha. That'd actually be funny if they did that. Nobody cares. It would. It would. Like I actually like what Anthony Edwards did, leaning all the way into the bit. Lucas sort of did as well where he's heaving 65-foot <laughs> shots with yes. 22 seconds left on the shot clock. Apparently uh, the league asked them to try harder this year, and it looked like they did for like the first half of the first quarter maybe. There was some effort to play a little bit of defense, but it very quickly deteriorated. And the first half-court shot and the first ill-advised uh, throw off the glass for a trailing alley-oop that was missed, it just it really deteriorated there, uh, I think, just a little bit more like every minute by by the minute. It was bad. We had fun, though, because it doesn't that doesn't bother us in the house. We're just like, we want to see the longest three. We want to see the best alley-oop. So yeah. it's like a live highlight reel to me yeah like when you when you know what you're getting into like if you turn yeah. your tv on last night to watch legitimate basketball that's on you <laughs> i mean they've set the standard for what this is it is a bummer it would be much cooler if these guys were going toe-to-toe and actually cared it'd be more entertaining uh but anthony edwards doing that is pretty funny and he followed through with part of that because during the the skills competition or whatever on saturday he went he went lefty on it and that. every single shot he took was a left-handed shot uh, but adam silver was was clearly not happy <laughs> clearly not happy well, at the end of that game and was, he's like he looks like when he's angry and he's got this mad scientist look on him it feels like this is a dude that's capable of doing something like if he's mad man. at all of us all of a sudden there's a weird potion we're all drinking and we're down we're out for the count well he was part of the broadcast when lucas just heaving up that massive full distance of the court shot with 20 seconds left in the quarter he's like yeah this is bad like lucas got to try a little bit harder here not a good situation uh, we did have Saturday night. I was entertained, though, by the Saturday night All-Star festivities. It was pretty funny just watching some of these guys struggle through, like Scotty Barnes, uh, through the the skills challenge. But then you get to the three-point contest, which was a ton of fun, and Damian Lillard showed up and and maybe shot himself out of a slump this weekend. The, I think the big winner of the weekend, D- Damian Lillard, who entered All-Star weekend struggling mightily, his team, the Bucks, really struggling. Damian Lillard... 
synonymous with great three-point shooting. Not so much as of late. But he wins the three-point contest. He wins All-Star Game MVP. Good news for you, Damian Lillard. But you also had Steph versus Sabrina, the Battle of the Sexes three-point contest. And this Which was epic. This was probably the most fun of the night. Yes. And it was interesting and, and, and funny to see Steph on, like, through through the – the broadcast and stuff, and they go into the locker room with him, and, and you can like you could sense the the nerves that he had. Like there was a, there was this had been built up in a big way. He was he did not want to lose, and he came out and he performed after you know following up Sabrina. She shot the lights out. It was a ton of fun. Uh, Kenny Smith was going viral, not in a good way. Now, uh, not necessarily in a good way uh, because he was he was complaining that she didn't that she wasn't shooting from just the the general women's three-point line. He wanted her to do that for whatever reason. Which, look, if she struggled to make the threes from the men's line, then okay, that's justified. She comes out and drills her first seven shots. No, she was dynamite. She I mean, was she fine. Fine. I mean the, 26 the, points. The point of this kind of a battle of the sexes showdown is to say we can do it too. Yes. You know, and to make it easier in any way – you know, sort of flies in the face of that idea. So I would want that. none of that if I'm INSQ. She was fine. Yeah, and and she was great, you know, but but if I'm Steph Curry, I'm absolutely worked up to win any competition that I'm going to, but especially this one. They would talk about for decades how you would lost if you lose this one. So that's no disrespect. You know, that's actually respecting you to to absolutely get the most out of me. There's a little bit of anxiety. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a great competition. Show, Great competition that I I am excited to uh, hopefully get to see a little bit more. But they both they both put on a show and executed it very very well. The dunk contest not so much. Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics was trying to be the the one sort of big NBA household name to be in the mix there, and kudos to him for that. But when you follow up a guy who's starting off the proceedings, jumping over Shaq Diesel. And then you roll out a lawn chair and 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 stick a five foot YouTuber in that lawn chair and have him sit down, and then you're going to jump over him and think it's going to be cool. That's a recipe for disaster. I mean, we have we have the evolution of the dunk contest has gone so backwards. We have Blake Griffin jumping over cars. We just had Jaime Jaquez jumping over Shaquille O'Neal. We've had all sorts of cool things. Dwight, Dwight Howard, Howard blowing out the cupcake on top of the the boards. Putting, that was cool. putting the Superman, Superman cape, cape on, dunking on a fourteen foot goal. Yes, and here comes Jalen Brown trotting out a five foot YouTuber, sits him down in the chair, and then he jumps over him, and he can't even complete it on his first try. He's getting booed. Jalen Brown's being booed, and he blamed the LED court. He says, "I wish oh. I." Could have done what I had planned in my head, but I had fun when I was doing it. I can live with those results. The LED court was too slippery to do what he wanted to do. Apparently, Dark contesting is just not his thing. That's like kind of coordinated, you know, dance moves or something. He tried to do the D Brown thing, and it it just the timing wasn't there. Hell of a basketball player, but not everybody is an artist. No, no, but Mr. Mac McClung, professional dunker. Uh, G ball, G leaguer, (laughs) Mac McClung. Now you're back to back NBA All Star Dunk Contest champion. That is beautiful. I I don't want any randoms. I I don't care if the random dude uh, is the best dunker for TV. Okay, we did it once last year with McClung. He won it. Now get okay. (laughs) I I can't tell you how disappointed I was. You got to defend your title. Yo, like in 1989 or 1990, we had just been treated to the greatest like four years in dunk history where it was Neek, it was Jordan, it was Spud Webb, you know, and along comes Kenny Skywalker. Now, granted, he had awesome chains that he dunked in, right? He put on a good show, 
but I'd never heard of the dude, you know? Apparently, he was a pretty good college basketball player at Kentucky, and he was on the Knicks bench and could dunk better than anybody, so he wins the dunk contest. Then Harold Miner wins the dunk contest, and it was ruined, okay? If you can't get the greats to do it, don't do it. How do you get the greats to do it? Pay more money. You know yeah. right, I mean, that, that's probably yeah. the only way to end up making this thing competitive again is you got to pay them. No question about it, man. Uh, Mac McClung, by the way, four NBA games under his belt, two NBA Focus. All-Star uh, oh. dunk contest championships. So uh, he's halfway home from that respect. I wonder how many but points he has in those four games. Dunk contest, uh, one commentary was... Uh, Dunk contest was on life support, and then Jalen Brown unplugged it. Uh, so that was <laughs> oh, that was no. the general sentiments about all star dunk contesting. Awesome stuff, Eric Chiafalo around the rim most days here in the G Bag Nation here on one hundred five through the fan. We'll we'll play that uh, Micah Parsons audio for you coming up at five twenty. Corey Seager is talking about when he can return from that sports hernia. We'll hit that in the expressway as well coming up at five twenty. But I haven't had enough football yet in my life, Chief. Can we fix that? Yeah, let's do it. We got a little football's finest and some other fun things. But Steve Sarkeesian, big man on campus. Holy smokes! Look at the contract details next year in the nation. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest five G network. From big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.